Today is Mission Sunday. It's a day in which we are reminded that we are people called out to go out into the world to share the love of Christ with all the world. It's also known as Transfiguration Sunday, and it seems fitting or just interesting to me that I've spent the last three days with uh, my friends from Pakistan, Bishop, Ma- Bishop Humphrey Peters and his daughter, Kushi, who's a doctor there who serves in their mission hospital, serving the poorest of the poor instead of going on in her degree and work in a very cushy job. And I can't be with these beautiful people that are there in what uh, many a journalist have labeled as one of the hottest places on the planet. Hot not as in temperature, but as in very unsafe for your life. In particular, if you are one who calls Jesus the Messiah, As we hear in our scripture today, it's just been six days before that Jesus was asking his disciples, who who do those people out there say I am? And then getting a bit more personal with the disciples of who do you say that I am? And there's that famous story of Peter saying, well, you're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting on. You're the one to come and deliver God's people from their bondage. And so it is that Jesus has taken them on a journey. It's not been uncommon for him to go to the mountaintop, to go and hear from God, to be in God's presence. And so it is he takes three of his top leaders with him up the mountain. And there an extraordinary thing happens that clearly was frightening to them. They see not just Jesus, but they see Elijah and Moses standing by him, talking to him. Elijah and Moses represent the law and the prophets. They are other men who have seen the glory of God and reflected that as Moses had to cover his face down when he came down from Mount Sinai after meeting with God because the people could not tolerate the brightness of his face. So it may be that initially those prophets being with Jesus that the disciples thought he's another prophet, he's one of them. But then something extraordinary happens. It's as though he is reflecting the face of the sun. His face is brighter than the sun, one of the passages says. Who among us hasn't looked up at the sun and squinted and you try to look at its beauty and its, its wonder, but you, you can't do that for very long because it's so bright. But to see a person reflecting that was terrifying. On the floor they were, on their faces in terror. And I love it that 
Jesus comes and touches them. But not before we hear from a cloud the voice of God himself saying, This is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. The good news of this story is that Jesus Christ isn't just a prophet. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, which we celebrate at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. But right here in this story, you see the interplay of the majesty of God in human flesh. There is a metamorphosis, a transfiguration happening here that Jesus is no longer just mere man. He is God in their presence. And all the more mysterious that whereas in with Moses and Elijah, they feared God and ran somewhat, that this God incarnate comes and touches them says, fear not. The God is no longer separated over there, and here's man, but he comes and touches him. It says, fear not. Stand up. Stand up. I imagine their knees were a bit wobbly standing up and post-moment of such an extraordinary encounter. But it's important we realize the divinity of Christ in this moment that's so clear, a picture, and realize that when we are baptized, we are changed. We, too, are going through a metamorphosis. We are no longer our own, but we are now marked as Christ's own, as his glory bearers. And we fall short, to be sure. But that is God's intention, that we be the glory bearers here in this world, that others might know him. That that gap that's been so evident is now filled Christ says to them as they're going down, don't tell anyone of this until I have been raised again. Now Peter wanted to build booths and say, let's stay here, let's celebrate, which was their tradition. But Christ was not yet to be glorified for all time. He still had the work of the cross. And so it was in this very scripture that he is turning and making his way to Golgotha, another mountaintop, where he would bridge and take on the sin of the whole world, that everyone could be brought in that saving embrace, that all would be brought to God's glory. It's a reminder 
that none of us make our way to the glory of God without dying on the cross, dying to ourselves, to our petty substitutes for God, being with these friends from Pakistan always is a poignant and powerful reminder and inspiration and something I scratch my head because we don't live in the same circumstances. So it's hard to totally translate, but that they go out of their way to befriend the very people that would kill them. I would dare say we as Americans have it a hard time just to go out of our way to speak to someone that's different than us. But in their going out of their way and speaking to the Taliban, having meals with them, serving their children when they're sick, being the first on the scene when there's been a national, natural disaster, they are showing the glory of God in that part of the world. And here's what I would say to you, is that it is no small thing that we have been praying for them. And that we continue weekly to pray for them and lift them up. Because the good news of what I got to hear from him is that the church has been strengthened. That we have a cross from them that sits on this chapel over here as a perpetual prayer for peace in that land. No small thing. This little band of people we are saying we stand for the glory of God in that land and for hearts to be softened and turned to Christ. And we stand with our faith siblings that they may be emboldened to be Christ bearers in that hot world. And my hope and prayers is that we'll be emboldened to seek Christ, to die to ourselves, to go out beyond our comfort zone, to go out. This morning I go to this taco place on my way. I have been talking to this clerk a long time, but I've never asked his name. Today I ask his name because I was reminded of the power of friendship. And it turns out he's Hindu. And I thought, wow, what would it look like to invite him to tea with some of us to learn? He says, oh, you're going for prayers? I said, yes, I am. We have that in common. He saw the value of that. Maybe you've seen someone who has reflected the glory of God. I had the privilege in my 30s of being mentored by a woman. Her name was Flo Jamail. And I tell you this. Sometimes Flo's face just glowed. And she had a smile that was supernatural. I don't know how to explain it any other way, but she spent so much time worshiping God and in his presence that she glowed. 
Have you ever met someone like that? Or seen how someone's face has changed when they've forgiven someone and you say, what happened? They let go of that resentment and their face has changed. It makes me hungry to be in his presence, to make time and space, to be emboldened, to love him so much that I'm willing to die to myself and take up my cross and follow. That's our privilege and our honor. And we're not alone. Christ is ever with us through the Holy Spirit. And we have these faith siblings a world away that through our help and Christ are bringing peace to the hearts of the world's greatest enemies. That is beautiful. It is no small thing. And for that, I give thanks to God. Amen. I invite.